0: everybody welcome back to the look All podcast this is your host elias roush this podcast is sponsored by dot media.com photo video digital media production today we are discussing ant-man and the wasp Quantumania. ant-man and the wasp Quantumania is a 2023 american superhero film based off of marvel comics featuring the characters scott lang as ant-man hope pram as wasp producing produced by Marvel Studios distributed by Walt Disney Studios it is the sequel to Ant-Man 2015 and Ant-Man and the Wasp 2018 and the 31st film of Marvel cinema the MCU. The film was directed by Peyton Reed written by Jeff Lovelace Jeff Lovelace from office fame from Rick and Morty fame he's a writer on there Peyton Reed uh, directed the previous two movies I believe. And of course, we're bringing back Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, Evangeline Lily as Hope Van Dyne, alongside Jonathan Majors, Katherine Newton, David Schmalchen, Katie O'Brien, Willem Jackson Harper, and a couple other individuals that are possibly cameos. I don't exactly know who's, who's shown in the trailers, except for a couple characters. So um, in the film, Lang and Van Dyne are transported to the quantum realm i'm gonna kind of stop right there and give my initial impressions about this movie so i guess rewinding let's talk about the mcu as a whole everyone has kind of talked about how the phase four of marvel hasn't exactly been their favorite part of the phase four um or it hasn't been their their favorite part of the mcu so you know going into this uh you know we have all of the movies, if I can rewind through the back, you know, kind of thinking off the top of my head, um, recently just saw Thor, Love and Thunder. Before that was uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, those two movies have kind of diminishing returns, in my opinion, but they aren't. I didn't like Thor, Love and Thunder really that much at all. And I thought Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was a little sloppy you know before that it was maybe shang chi i'm I'm reading them off the top off top of my head backwards um basically oh and wakanda forever i'm I'm kind of replaying them back in my head let me see if i can pull them up real quick uh marvel reviews so yeah we had wakanda forever love and thunder I liked Wakanda Forever, but it kind of feels still like a setup movie. It's not hundred percent, and I understand that there's circumstances why I can't, you know, be a hundred percent, you know, due to the uh, Chadwick Boseman of it all. Thor: Love and Thunder, I thought was fine, not great. Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, kind of messy. No Way Home, I thought was unexpectedly really heartfelt fun and some of the best we've gotten of phase four but again it is a co sony production shang chi i enjoyed shang chi i know a lot of people had a lot of flack during it they're like and eh, they not, not feeling it eh, i'm kind of like there's some great performances the cgi is a little heavy but i think it was overall a pretty fun movie eternals it's an ambitious mess that's kind of what i called it the um, Black Widow, better late than never. And so I think those are all the movies that I can think off the top of my head that have come out post Endgame. And so, and I think there was another Spider-Man in there as well somewhere. I don't know if I got to record that. But anyways, there's been a large swath of phase four, plus you have all the uh, additional MCU movies, sorry, television shows that are coinciding with the movies. Speaking of WandaVision, Loki, we got She-Hulk, we got Moon Knight, we got all these different individuals uh, coming with their, their own television shows and they all have some sort of little sprinkle into the MCU. So I'm kind of like, this is a lot of Marvel content and I've talked about this in the previous movies. That we can only do so many marvel style movies, without seeing a very similar pattern, and so this is where this movie comes in this movie is riddled with tropes and patterns we've seen in not only other Disney movies, but other sci fi films as well. So I think I actually did uh, forget Miss Marvel in that mix too. I'm sure there's other films that are in between all those 31 Marvel films as well. But to say the least, there's a fuck ton of content coming out. And with saying that, it's a lot to keep up with. Even as someone that considers like a part-time hobby is watching these shows, um, it's still a fucking lot. So I can only imagine the average consumer trying to keep up with all of this. So continuing on, Plans for the third Ant-Man film were conf- confirmed in ni- uh, November 2019, with Reed and Rudd returning. Loveless was hired in April 2020, with the v- development of the film beginning during the COVID-19 pandemic. The film's title and new cast members were announced in December 2020. The filming began in Turkey and in, began in Turkey early 20 February 2021 while additional filming occurred in San Francisco in mid-June ahead of principal photography starting at the end of July at Pinewood Studios in Brookshire at the end of November Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania premiered in Los Angeles on February 6 and was released in the United States on February 17, 2023 as the film's first as the first film in Phase 5 of the MCU It's received mixed reviews from critics with the the screenplay and storyline receiving criticism, while the performances, especially those of Majors and Pfeiffer um, and visuals, were praised. The film has grossed over $250 million worldwide, becoming the third highest grossing film of 2023. It has a running time of 124 minutes, just a little bit over two hours, so it's not too excessively long. Cinematography, is by Bill Pope, the same guy that's worked with Sam Raimi on the previous Spider-Man. He worked on the original Matrix movies, and this is on a budget of $200 million. So you, with going in, knowing all of this, the, the amazing cast, all of this possible, you know, uh, quantum realm, wonkiness, multiverseness, with Loveless uh, helming the, uh, the writing, I was hopeful going into this. I did hear mixed reviews going into it, so I can't say that I went in completely blind, I didn't hear too many reviews specifically about it, though, so I was like. Maybe it's like Eternals bad maybe it's somewhere mid tier MCU phase Four Marvel. I tried to go in with a very open mind, just as I do all of my movies um, watching it, even knowing that it had some mixed critical reception with saying that before we go into spoilers pros cons the pros the cast basically and that's about it for me the cons are almost everything else I like I said I don't think this is the actors the actors fault at this but I was uh basically there's too many characters it feels like it's mostly a setup for Kang there are tropes in this movie you're gonna see in uh, like i said earlier tons of other movies even the ones that we've seen in disney the cgi it says it's praised here but i was not crazy about the cgi i understand there's over six production houses that are working on different cgi pieces of uh, you know of this movie so you know that could be anywhere from the backgrounds to the characters to you know the actors they could be working on anything so My whole thing is, it looks consistently the same. The thing is, I'm just not crazy about the consistency. It looks, uh, Double Toasted said it looks very, uh, the chewy version, the fun version. I would have said like the Fortnite version. It looks almost too Guardians of the Galaxy-esque and almost too ill-defined at the same time. I have weird, um, it's not really gripes, but I just really appreciate good world building and understanding how worlds work and generally disney does a pretty good job of you know introducing to you to a different world think of like coco that's a great and uh, a great um uh example in my opinion you know kind of going into the coco world i won't go into spoilers but you know exploring it seeing all the the doodads how it works you know the 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 cool people the bad people the cool person that's probably going to betray you later there is all of these plots and then there's the big the big brawl at the end where it's a big uh you know without spoilers on anything there's some sort of you know big riot and stuff like that you know we've seen these plots in storylines in other movies. And so a child going in to see this, someone under 10 years old probably, is gonna say, wow, that was pretty fun. That was, you know, really cool. And then an adult or someone that has at least seen two or three of these types of storylines told before can say, yeah, it was, in my opinion, it's fine, serviceable. It does its job, but we've, like I said, we've seen it before. And that's the biggest thing is Mm marvel needs to kind of acknowledge that not only have we seen this before we've seen this before in their own worlds so let's get into let me see if there's anything else we need to discuss um, post credits we'll talk about that after um yeah the the world the rules of the world are a little bit underdefined and i just don't know where that kind of came from but like and and i what i'm hearing is some people are like the world was so quote-unquote expansive or quote-unquote lived in and i would have said it's visually looks like it's expansive and visually looks somewhat lived in but like i didn't feel like the characters our main actors taking off their helmets all day every day i guess there's oxygen down here i don't know how it works Is it hot is it cold i don't know is it uncomfortable you know the the sense of urgency of being in this place was almost non-existent and so it didn't really feel like we're in a quote-unquote new world it just feels kind of feel a lot of people said this felt like a rejected star wars movie script and I don't disagree with them mostly because they have some of the same you know outsider walks into a bar with the bar full of crazy creatures and the bartender obviously is strange as well too and they're probably going to drink something that's weird you know and you know it's that type of stuff i i feel like anyone who's ever seen a movie that has, has has gone through these plots plot you know beats before everything was like and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen it was one of the most predictable movies i've seen in a very long time that has not nearly enough teeth on on it and so that's why ant-man and the wasp quantumania feels messy as well it almost feels like there was a big redirection in it from the trailers i'm hearing is i don't think it's considered spoilers that much to talk about the trailer about what the trailer is selling versus what we actually get we'll talk about what we actually get later but the 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 trailer sounds like it's selling kang giving ant-man more time with his family we don't i don't think we get that story at all but we'll continue on into the plot and discuss that so for the people that love it great i'm glad you love it i kind of don't understand why you wouldn't critique it a little bit more of saying you know these characters are underwritten these aliens factions what are their motivations what is going on here uh you can have different creatures of different uh, quote unquote, you know, gleep glop things. But normally, the the thing I liked about Star Wars and the way that the the world may be expansive, you may have these gleep glop characters, werewolves in the fucking first one. What I'm saying is, at least they have like, almost like different races and stuff like that for the quantum realm it doesn't feel like oh there's a whole bunch of gleep glops over here or there's a whole bunch of wookies over here or a whole bunch of you know these uh broccoli tree looking men thing over here you know it didn't feel like there was like a faction of people that all kind of resembled the same thing and some of them were humanoid looking like some of them look like broccoli man and then uh, i guess that's how this world works and everybody goes the bar and even if you're in the quantum realm uh, I just feel like a little bit too casual for, and a little bit too, not just casual, but like based off our own world, you know, man walks into a bar, that type of thing, big betrayals. I. I it's hard to talk about this really in super depth, but uh, yeah, I don't think this is the movie that they are trying to sell you on. Let me see what this movie has right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure it's pretty low down there. 48%. Gotcha. That's pretty low. Again, that's 48% of the individuals would actually recommend it over 60%. So, I do feel like I've been kind of railing on this movie a little bit extra hard. I do want to give some praise to you know the, the hard workers that made this movie. It, it, to even think of making this type of movie, you know, put aside the fact that a lot of these storylines have been told before, I think is quite a feature in itself. The special effects alone are just like, whoa, these would have been impossible 15, 20 years ago. Some of them might not want to do. Um, we'll talk about that as well, but let's um, get into the plot a little bit more, and we'll kind of discuss break down just a little bit more about this movie. Why it did, maybe it didn't. We'll try to have a nice, you know, equilibrium of these two ideas. Because I am seeing a fair amount of people that are like, "It's not that bad." People uh, may be overreacting. I'm not mad at it. I think that's the, you know, I'm my, my firm, let me see. My firm, uh, let me see. I'm pretty sure my rating was six out of 10. Yeah, it was six out of 10. It's got 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. So six out of 10 works for me. Let's hop into the plot for Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania and again for the full review patreon.com slash look at our podcast has the full review you'll get the full podcast you can get either access to the one dollar two dollar three dollar tabs you can have it'll have access to the animated shows that we are covering on there we have old school retro reviews um old movies older than five years we're getting ready to record the magic mic one and two what is that? Magic Mike uh, and then Magic Mike XXL. It's going to be great for the Patreon. So if you want the full review Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, be sure to check out patreon.com slash Podcast. And again, check out, it out Podcast for all of the links. Again, they are in the description of your podcast. I forgot to mention, again, I feel like I'm a lot of things I'm forgetting to mention. Should have wrote these down spotify we are now on spotify apple podcast youtube spotify we are on all your favorite podcast applications use whichever one you'd like five stars on all of them you know what to do so let's hop in to the plot for quantum mania during her days of entrapment the spoils ahead by the way during her days of entrapment in the quantum realm janet van dyne encounters kang the smooth kang played by jonathan majors an exiled traveler who claims that they can both escape from the quantum realm if she can help him rebuild his multiversal power core and again we've seen I believe, a version of Kang in the Loki series. And that's about all I know. And I, I watch the shit and I don't even understand the multiverse, multiverse correlation of this. So I'm someone that actively follows what's going on. I feel like I podcast, I listen to it, I I review I'm review a lot of this, and I'm like, I think this is what's going on. So it's like someone that is actually studying this shit is like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, not studying this shit, it's like, I guess that's what's going on. So this comes from the first, you know, little bit of the movie. Janet is holding all of this fucking information back that she has been hanging with Kang, they probably had a relationship, but you know, Disney didn't want to have no interracial shit going on, especially because their, their age differences or something like that. This movie would have been 10 times better if she was betrayed by her lover, which happened to be Kang, because I don't care if you're in there for, you know, five minutes, sorry, five minutes, five years or 30 minutes, you know, it's that that my whole thing is like, you're probably going to get lonely and probably you, you, besides the fact that you're going to get lonely. You may not even think you're going to get out. So overall, I think there's like a relationship problem between everybody that's kind of going on in this movie. It feels like there was written one way. It could have been really emotional. But they were like, we want the family to have a good time, family time, all the time, any time. So. And my guess, I'm not exactly sure when this was originally supposed to come out. I'm trying to figure out what the original date was for this. I think Disney is specifically trying to have a fun one, a serious one, another fun one, and then another serious one. Maybe two fun ones. And I think that's how the movie is going to go. Maybe Ant-Man would have been more serious had Wakanda Forever come out at a different time. Or if Wakanda with Forever was a more uplifting movie in a way. Not that it's not a great movie, but it is a very sullen movie because it has so much to do uh, with the loss of Chad, the great Chadwick Boseman. So after they managed to repair it, Janet sees a vision of Kang conquering and destroying his enti- and destroying entire timelines. Kang reveals he was exiled by his own variants out of fear, which drives Dran- Dran- Janet to turn on him. Outmatched, Janet uses her pim particles to enlarge the powder- power core and render it unusable. So, This is all information. Most of this information is not revealed till about the middle of the movie. For some reason, it has at the beginning of here, but we're only shown like glimpses at the beginning. So because we don't get all of that information of what the actual threat is until halfway through, we're just kind of like, hmm, quantum room. Kind of, kind of cool, I guess. Got some blobby things with the whole thing. Holes and not holes. I don't know. I had a weird relationship with this, uh, the humor in here. I was like, who's it for? Kind of feels like for kids or for teens or preteens or something like that. I don't know. I was, Who is this for? The, the problem recently feels like I don't know who the Marvel movies are for. It feels like they're trying to spread their... Four quadrant, it's got to hit the the nerds, the family, the critics, and everybody else. But I just don't know if it's doing that these days. In present day, after the Battle of Earth, all right, welcome to Earth. Scott has become a successful memorist and has been a memorist and has been living happily with his girlfriend. He's you know writing books, kind of hanging out with his girlfriend. I thought that they were moved moved in by now, but I guess they're not. Hope Van Dyne. Now a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, tons of people have discussed Evangeline Lilly's views on the most recent things. I'm trying not to bring that into this as of right now, so. With saying that, I think she's fine in this movie. I don't think I'll adjust, address her that much. She's extre- The character herself is extremely underutilized. But with saying that, I'm like, you know, uh, it's. I feel like she was written out of the movie, mostly. Doesn't have much to do. The, which kind of leads with a lot of the characters, too many characters in this. Scott's now teenage daughter, Cassie, has become a political activist, resulting in her uh, resulting in her spending some time in jail before being bailed out by her father, whom she's estranged from since starting focusing more on his celebrity than his duties as Ant-Man. Which I don't blame him. He's getting older. There's other people in the world that are doing shit. Like I don't. I don't feel like there's a a full acknowledgement of how old these heroes are. That they've saved the world so many times. If, in, in real life, I kind of feel like they should have been, you know, well taken care of by whoever. Like, what if they get like some funding or something like that? They shouldn't have to worry about money, especially since they're famous. While visiting Hope's parents, Hank, Pam, and Janet, Cassie reveals that she has been working on a device that can make contact with the quantum realm. Upon learning this, Janet panics and forcefully shuts off the device, but the message is received. It's like she's turned it on. Uh, her, Cassie's already turned it on, and there's messages like beeping down to the quantum realm, resulting in a portal that opens and pulls the five of them into the quantum realm. Now, I had heard, you know, piggyback uh, on whatever this other podcaster said. I can't think of off the top, but might've been double toast. might've been film. I think it was the film cast that said this, that this movie would have been prime from an AB plot line, like having someone in the quantum realm and having someone out of the quantum realm. I almost wish his daughter would have been out of the quantum realm. And then at the very end, how she comes in and rallies the troops, maybe had some sort of bigger influence. There is such a, I don't know how to describe this. I feel like there are five rooms everybody is in in the entire movie. And there's maybe a little bit of battling here in the middle, but I don't feel like the traveling through the quantum realm feels tangible in any way. It. I know that they shot this on the volume where they have the CGI and they can see the what, what's around them behind them, but it still felt like they couldn't fucking move. It felt intangible in a way. It feels... The exact opposite. This is the exact opposite of the movie I talked about in um, what's it called? In The Northman. The Northman felt gritty and real. And I was like, this looks like a pain in the fucking ass to make in comparison to the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Realm where it doesn't feel like anyone barely gets a scratch on them. Air conditioning is always blowing on them. It just feels like they're inside. So, uh, continue on. Scott and Cassie are found by the relatives, sorry, by the natives of the quantum realm, I guess, who are rebelling against their ruler. Hope, sorry, while Hope and Janet and Hank explore a sprawling city to get answers. I don't think it's that sprawling. I just said, you know, I just said that. I think they stay what feels like in one or two one or two locations they look around broccoli man's over there there's some sort of marketplace and now we're at the bar and the quantum realm why does the quantum realm have a bar or humanoid looking people i don't know so hope janet and hank meet with lord uh uh, kryler a former ally of janet's who reveals that things have changed since look since she left and that he is now working for Kang who is now the quantum realms ruler biggest problem again with this is Kang feels like he is up in an ivory tower and he ain't interacting with nobody absolutely nobody for me I feel like Jonathan Majors they gave him like a couple months and they were like all right, this is all you got to do. And then they, they, they completed it all and didn't really have that character interact with the rest of the world with the exception of maybe one or two of the main actors. Feels very isolated, I guess. The three are forced to flee and steal... Kryler's ship I forgot to mention that that is Bill Murray I know there's some random things going on about him too I don't really have too much to say about Bill Murray obviously I liked him back in Ghostbusters and whatnot but I haven't seen him do anything I feel like or give a shit about a movie he's been in since Garfield maybe or maybe like Osmosis Jones at that okay so Moonrise Kingdom I think he was good in that it's been a while since I saw that but other than those movies Bill Murray play Bill is doing a Bill Murray bit and it just feels kind of random cuz he's making very all the jokes what people seem to be making even inside of the quantum realm are all like modern day jokes that we would talk talk today like so i don't know how they're all doing this and of course he gets the drinking this nasty little goblin uh alien thing like you know <laughs> so let's see what else we got um and of course, we find out Janet and Bill Murray might have had some sort of, you know, shindig, even though it would have made entirely way more sense for us to have maybe seen some sort of relationship with her and Kang. Like I said, it doesn't make it for for Bill Murray to, you know, basically go against her. It doesn't really feel all that big of a deal at all because he's not really that big of a threat. And of course, he turns against her. So they steal Kryler's ship. And of course, it's got these little globby things like, yes, Douglas, Michael Douglas has to put his hands in. He's like, what the hell is a CGI bullshit I'm doing now? Like he's just like sitting there with some glob on his hands. That is a a Rick and Morty thing if I've ever seen one in it. Um, And I got to say, Michael Douglas just loves fucking ants. You know, he's just talking about ants the entire time, literally. I think he says ants and talks about ants more than we actually see ants the entire movie, even though L, ants feel like the fourth important thing of this movie and that maybe not even fifth I like they don't feel ant man himself and ants just kind of push to the side a little bit, this is more about everything else. The Langs, meanwhile are told by rebel leader gentura that janet's involvement with kang is indirectly responsible for his rise to power it's like all right so janet has literally been working with the enemy some she knew some she didn't know maybe she's done some shady stuff but she's kept all of this under wraps we're halfway through the movie and she's still holding this information back The rebels soon come under attack by Kang's forces led by Modoc, who is revealed to be Darren Cross, having survived, uh, survived his apparent death at Scott's hands. So, I believe this was Ant Man 1 back in 2015 almost 10 years ago now, that Darren Cross coming back. And this Modoc character, so I'm not sure if they showed the face of Darren. In I know they showed Modoc the character maybe with the mask on, but without the mask, Darren is one of the most fascinating and unsettling pieces of CGI I have seen in a very long time. Let alone probably ever in a uh, MCU movie. It was borderline fucked up. <laughs> like like they have what looks like a head stretched across just like a little body and then his arms are basically coming out out of the sides of his um out of the sides of his head so i'm just like whose idea was this this was so so much of the execution just feels like undercooked i guess i don't know i'm my what I want to know is how bad it looked before they finished it, because if this is the finished product, and I know that there's probably m- maybe multiple special effects houses that have worked on this, so that possibly means hundreds of people have worked just on Modoc. Uh, I'm I don't think it's worth out merit. I think that it's a plausible design. it's just in the wrong movie, And a lot of people would probably. A lot of critics might even say this works better in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. This works better in a so-and-so type movie. I'm not exactly sure about that. My whole thing is most of this movie feels tonally all over the place. Some of the characters are in a drama. Some of them are in a Kang's in a drama. The rest of the Lang family seems to be in a sci-fi comedy. And the bad guys are in some sort of sci-fi rebellion movie. It's like everyone's in a different movie at this point. The Langs are taken to Kang, who, Langs, Kangs, the Langs are taken to Kang, who demands that Scott help get his power core back, or else he will kill Cassie. Scott is taken to the core's location and shrinks down. Now, like I said earlier, I don't know what Kang's powers are. There's about five different things this guy is doing in the course of this first hour and a half. And he's flipping people upside down, what looks like using the Force, flips Cassie up down, maybe using the Force on her, choking or blasting out the hands. Got, you know, these blue blasts that go out. He can fly, I guess. I go through time. I know that he's stuck in this quantum realm because he was sent there, because he did some bad shit. And one of the most interesting scenes is when Michelle Pfeiffer and Janet is grabbing the power core thing and having like a flash of all the terrible things this guy has done and we almost need to have a little bit more time in that to see like how big of a threat is this guy how much has janet saved us versus not saved us and give us a better explanation of why she hasn't told us this yet so on top of the whole kang thing just doing whatever the power suit he wants, whatever the power, whatever he needs to do at the time. I'm like, okay, I guess. And that's the one thing he can't do is shrink down small enough to get the power core thing. And um, yeah, so Scott's taken to the core's location and shrinks down. He's nearly drowned in a sea of variants of himself. And he has like a thousand Scott Langs this movie felt a little bit of the same mix of spider-man tom holland's spider-man far from home i believe far from home was is it far from home or no way home so it's far from home was number two i believe so far from home which was post Endgame, had a lot of trippy scenes in there and i was getting similar vibes with the far from home and uh the bad guy in there as i was ant-man and kang here and it was gyllenhaal's character in that one but with saying that you know having multiples of themselves and so we had a billion uh, i don't know a million ant-men and one of them happens to be in the damn baskin and robin shit i've never seen baskin and robins pay to have their own brand shit on so many times i was like they kept saying, like, who the fuck would want to work at Baskin and Robbins? They're like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> like, is it that bad to work at Baskin and Robbins? Like, Jesus, just shitting on all of the everybody in there. So I don't think it's that bad of a place. Um, so where are we at? Shrinks down and he almost, uh, he has to, he has to basically correlate all of the Ant-Man at the same time. He's like, all right, they're not real. They're on my team, blah, blah, blah. Everyone come together. You're like, Okay. However, Kang reneges on the deal after uh after Ant-Man gets the power core and, and Hope arrives and helps him o- acquire it. Kang reneges on the deal, capturing Janet and destroying her ship with Hank on it. It's like, oh shit, is this going to actually have stakes? Like my pulse just like went up like half a beat. I think I'm hitting 50 BP, uh, uh, you know, beats per minute now, so it's like Maybe I'm actually feeling something in this movie. After being rescued by his ants, just a flood of giant ants go through. So at the beginning, we find out that the ants apparently are smart enough to have colonized or make some sort of quantum realm technology that's kind of not referred, till, referred to till the end of the movie, barely. It's almost like from a different script. And so these ants... That fell into the original quantum realm with them at the beginning of the movie. Come back at the very end, squad up! It's George, gotta get them. And so they're getting them, and they're charging after Kang. And it give me big Indiana Jones, Kingdom of Skull, Crystal Skull vibes, unfortunately. And I'm like, damn that. You know, Kang is like saying how Ant-Man, you ain't shit, you ain't gonna do shit, you ain't got me, you can't control time, you have to hang with Janet, and Hope, and Cassie, and you can't do shit, and you talk to ants, and then he's like, oh yeah, well these ants are about 50 foot tall, yeah, and then he yeets all these ants onto him, and it's just like a flood of ants coming after Kang, it's like, blah, blah, blah. so he's going down, and so from there, it's like, alright, so king's badassness just completely you know blasting everybody killing literally everyone that hits the blast but he hits the heroes and they're fine whatever um kind of inconsistent but whatever he's just a little little bit of blast for our heroes because they got the plot armor on and so after um uh, janet just after being rescued by ants who were also pulled into the quantum realm rapidly evolved and became hyper intelligent Hank helps Scott and Hope as they make their way to Kang. Cassie rescues Genitora. There's this big battle of random faceless blue-headed look stormtrooper knockoff ass looking ass dudes that have nothing you can kill one of them you can kill a thousand of them doesn't matter it doesn't feel like it, anything really matters at this point because they're kind of faceless nameless and we have like four main characters including broccoli man the whole guy and and genitora just like the standards uh like Native American stand-ins, I guess, like they, just, I didn't understand the the look of that at all. I didn't, why are, why are we kind of doing the, you know, the natives versus the quote-unquote big gov or big man or the authority kind of figure? It didn't really make much sense in this movie, and I didn't even think we needed it. So, we had, uh, you know, laser head man, I was like, one of these fuckers is gonna die. I was like, Kang literally gonna blast all y'all, and he literally kills mm-hmm head man. So I'm like, oh, well, there goes that man. And the further the movie went on, I was like, does this ball, does this ball, does this movie have the balls to actually kill a character? And the more jokey it became, the more Modoc, they knew Modoc's name like immediately. They just, it's like the convenience in the writing is just, is killing me, smalls. You're really killing me. So, <laughs> you know, with saying all of that, let's continue on um and i didn't really even talk about cassie doing the big rousing speech for everybody that was so unearned there's so much unearned about this movie i'm like cassie did didn't even make sense for her to be doing that does anyone even know who or what she is they people just know what humans are everyone can they get some goop in their mouth and all of a sudden they can speak english it's just very very convenient and it's it doesn't feel like organic and natural writing like i've Things we've seen before and just done better and other things, unfortunately. And, and of, cor- of course, Cassie does the big rousing speech, which we've seen in other Disney profit- properties just last year and seen and done better. So I wouldn't be as harsh on this movie if you hadn't just done it in a television show within the last six months and it was done so much better by the same company. It's a little bit like, what's going on here, people? You couldn't come up with anything else. So, okay, so Cassie rescues Gen, uh, Genitora, sorry, Genitora, Genitora, Tora and they commence an uprising against Kang and his army, and of course, Kang's like, a you know, he's blasting everybody, and this is right before he's getting down, he gets taken down. During the fight, Cassie convinces Cross, Cross to turn sides and fight Kang, um, and of course, he does. Though he sacrifices his life in the process. It's like we can't afford to do Modoc anymore. So outskis. And I don't think anybody wants to see that. Janet fixes the power core as she, Hank, Hope, and Cassie jump through a portal from home portal home. Even though it took her fucking 30 years to do it the first time, whatever, we can just do it real quick. It seemed like the jumping through the portal was a big deal at the beginning of the movie. Like, oh my gosh, how do we get back? To the end, we're like, oh, we got the shit. Let's go you know we got the we got the fast pass um but kang attacks scott um and nearly beating him into submission and this is a pretty big ass whooping i was like can we get like a little bit more of this kind of hand-to-hand fighting i mean it's not just the, the laser blast that we're getting anymore um because the the power sets were getting a little bit like wait, what can we do? I know Ant-Man can get really big, and I like when he does, or really, really small, or showing the epic scale and size of the things around him, like in the real world versus how small they are. It, that was the coolest thing about Ant-Man, and now having him in the quantum realm, it's like, I can't tell the size, scale, smell, what the hell is going on here? What, where, What is going on? So, um, you know, seeing him get beat by Kang at the very end, you're like, God dang, is he going to fucking kill him? Just beat him to death it would be totally fucking wrong for Kang to kill almost anybody in this almost because the entire movie were cracking jokes about things and holding in holding vital information about things hope returns and together Scott destroy her together with Scott destroy the power core and not Kang into it do you hear that she doesn't return almost the entire movie, she, she, there's like one big line that I think Darren's like, Oh, Hope, you got a haircut or something like that. It's like, that's the biggest thing that's happened with Hope Van Dyne. So, um, so Hope returns. They, together with Scott, destroy the power core and knock Kang into it. And Kang is like, bush, 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 bush. he's like, ah, like getting sucked into this thing. And you're like, all right, that's, I guess, there goes the badass Kang. And if you've seen, uh, you know, previous, I assume you've seen previous uh, things that have been marketed for this or previous Kang content with Jonathan Majors. This has happened before so what I mean how many how many are we gonna get like I don't understand like the stakes of this are getting a little bit too confusing to the point where it's like I need to see the next story not in not in two and a half years I need to see it sooner than later and y'all need to fix some of this like because what I'm realizing is we're getting so much in the comic book realm of hey remember when that happened remember when that happened and they are talking like it just happened yesterday when for the viewers it's been two and a half years three and a half years a lot of them and some of them aren't even referring to things that happened uh in the previous movies so we're like we keep going back to remember when the blip happened two and a half years ago three years ago do you remember when this happened Do you remember when this happened so a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts let's let's continue and finish this up King's pulled into oblivion, and that's what's him. Cassie reopens the portal on her end for Scott and hope to return home as Scott happily resumes his life. He begins to rethink he was told, uh, rethink what he was told about Kang's death, um, being the start of something terrible, but brushes it off. You know, he's just eaten some evidently not great cake from Baskin and Robbins again. And it's like, ah, oh, man, like, what was that ending? I was like, I've seen a few endings that are like, duh, 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 duh. <clears throat> you know, just like, what the hell happened? And did did y'all have a different ending? And they were like, wait, 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 wait we can't end it that way. We got to end it this way. So what I'm hearing is the original ending might have killed one of the Langs, which makes sense to me, it almost makes more sense to kill Hope in this, but it still wouldn't have been emotionally that affecting for me, it's just like, oh man, as you know, instead of, there's just not the emotional gravitas in this movie that really has that, um, I don't know, uh, that, that has that kind of effect like there's no there's no emotional gravitas of this movie that feels like it really matters except for the relationship the apparent friendship that Janet and Kang had that was completely platonic and I was like that would have been the most interesting place to mine any sort of anything interesting. And so that's kind of what happens in the movie. Here are the mid-credit scenes for everybody that has not seen it. In a mid-credit scene numerous variants of Kang are concerned by Earth's 616 increased interest in the multiverse and plan their uprising. We have like a million or a billion Kangs and they're all in the stadium and some are doing all these different things. Some heard someone say they heard barking or something. I was like, what the hell is barking? What the fuck? Um, and the post credit scene, a lot of post credit scenes for Marvel's stuff has been just trailers recently. I think it's I don't remember when that started. but. I want to say multiverse was shown at the end of Thor. Thor showed Thor show, showed multiverse, I believe, and I guess the previous one showed Thor. Anyways, in this post credit scene, Loki and Mobius M. Mobius locate another Kang variant named Victor Timely on on Earth in the 1900s, and that, my friends, is the final bit of ant-man and the wasp quantum mania my freaking goodness that was a chunky one anyways let me know what you thought about the review let me know what you think about the mcu's phase, phase five beginning let me know how it can improve let me know what you think about the movie the channel subscribe you know in the podcasts on the, podcast, the spotify's on the on the apple itunes we are on youtubes so we're on the twitches we're on all the social medias in the quantum realm and outside the quantum realm with broccoli man we're all here that's that's all i gotta say um be sure to check out the rest of luck at all podcast the rest of the luck It All podcast dropping down the pipe on the what do we got coming down the pipe uh, i believe we're going to do magic mike the last dance we're going to discuss that and that will be coming down the pipe for everybody and of course we're going to be discussing the original two on the Patreon feed, so patreoncom slash podcast Look for there in the next week or so for the Magic Mike movie reviews. Those are going to be a lot of fun. I got to say, each this Magic Mike is a fascinating, a fascinating look into a trilogy of movies that have so much behind them. A lot of talent, a lot of stripping, but there's also a lot of heart. I'll tell you which one I believe actually is pretty damn good. So be sure to check out those reviews coming down the pipe. Look at our podcast.com. You know what to do. Take it easy.